Hello, and welcome to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. My name is Sydney. I'm your host. I'm a wife, business owner, lifelong learner, and follower of Jesus. I was born and raised in Colorado and live here with my wonderful husband of six years. I'm passionate about people and have a knack for business. My hope is that we can learn together about doing life with grace and grit. We'll talk about all things life from faith and finance to business and balance. My prayer is that this will be a place of help, encouragement, honest conversation, and authentic growth. Thank you for joining me. Hi, friends. I hope that you are having a great week. Um, I am hanging in there. So uh, I guess my introduction just ties into the whole podcast, so I might as well just jump right on in. I have no clue what day it is. I don't know if I'm coming or going. I don't know which direction is up. Um, Sometimes when life happens, it just happens really hard, really fast, and it does not stop. And uh, it's kind of been nonstop for the last week and a half or so. I've got a bunch of deadlines for um, filing for my taxes, and then I was selected for a Census Bureau survey. And then um, working on closing a deal for another restaurant location um, under a licensee umbrella. And so there's just been a lot of, and then Colorado has a secure savings plan, which is basically a government um, managed 401k fund, uh, retirement fund. So I'm trying to get that set up and ready to go. I went to the bank today and uh, they're like, oh, well, you can't just walk in here and set up an account. This is a bank. You have to make an appointment with a banker. So I was like, well, don't you have any bankers? And they're like, well, no, they only come in on a rotating schedule. So then um, I got the last open slot for an appointment for this afternoon at three o'clock. And I walk in, I'm like, yes, I'm here. I need to set up an account. Um, You know, it's just going to be a zero sum pass through account to be able to transfer 401k funds and make sure the state has what they need to be able to manage those. And uh, the banker goes, oh, I can't set that up. That'll be a specialty banker. And I'm like, I just, I just need to set up an account. (laughs) So I have an ACH number (laughs) and we spent over an hour trying to get this account set up. She's like, well, this is a, this is a main account, like a business account. So you have a dedicated manager. So we tried to call my account manager and cannot get a hold of her, called multiple times, emailed. You know, I was considering sending homing pigeons, tried all these different things. And uh, then they went to look on her for her on their internal website. And they said, well, actually, we're not even sure if she works here anymore. We can't find her profile on, um, you know, the internal website. Anyway, so today was kind of crazy. Tomorrow will be crazy the next day. But... Hopefully after this week, things will calm back down again because I will have met all my deadlines and I won't have just like crazy pressing things that all have to be done at the same time. It just kind of goes in waves like that. And uh, which is today's pod, what today's topic is going to be all about is life rhythms. Um, so I'm just trying to get settled. I know it's been over a week since I've done a podcast, but I couldn't tell you how long it's been trying to get back on schedule. Um, I would like to even, you know, get up to the point where I'm doing two weeks instead of just one. So we're definitely regressing in the wrong direction there, but, um, I'm here and, uh, I tried to record four times on Saturday, but I just, I was not feeling good. I just was not. And I, I don't, 
this is also part of the podcast, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. And if you've been following this, you know, I've just been really sick and it's not going away and it's constant and it's steady and I'm exhausted all the time. Like I feel like um, I could just take a hundred year nap and then I take a nap and I wake up and I'm still tired and I'll go to sleep. And um, so I'm trying to do all these different things to get my life together, but the doctors, um, they're just, we're still waiting for tests to come back to figure out what all is going on. Um, so I tried to record a podcast four times on Saturday and I could not get a single thought corralled. It was like, um, a whole cage of canaries had been let loose in my head and they were just flapping around everywhere. It was a mess. So, um, I, I, eventually I was like, you know what, this is just not meant to be today. So, um, here I am now, uh, it's Monday, but I got up and that time change, it's kicking my tail. I don't know about you guys, um, except for, you know, you Colorado people or Arizona people that have life figured out and decided to opt out of the time change every season, which just blows my mind. Um, and I feel like Colorado needs to get on board. So if any of my, um, government friends are listening, can you please write a bill for Colorado? <laughs> that way we, um, can stop doing the time change thing. Cause we've, uh, sprung forward yesterday and it wasn't so bad because it was Sunday. So I didn't have to be up really early and could kind of, you know, ease into the day and that was fine. And then today kicked my tail. I mean, well, first of all, I got woke up at five o'clock because the, coyote, the coyotes are back. We had three that came around the other night and they actually, our chickens are laid a stash of eggs somewhere that we haven't been able to found, find. They've got like a treasure trove of hidden eggs that they've laid out in the field somewhere and we can't find them, but the coyotes did. And so there's a pack of three of them now that are living in a den up over the hill. And, uh, so one came back the other night and she turned as we were getting ready to run some errands. It was like eight 30 at night. And, um, so we're getting ready to back out of the driveway and the, the headlights flash on this one coyote. She's got eggs in her mouth. Her mouth is filled with eggs. She's like, she was playing chubby bunny with my eggs and she spits them all out and takes off running. Drew cracks off a shot. Um, but she was up over the hill already and he didn't get her. And then, um, two others circled back around later and I found a bunch of fresh tracks in the field this morning when I was walking the dogs. So we have coyotes back again. So then that was going on Sunday night. And then yes, this morning, um, I got up, the dogs were going crazy. They were barking. The rooster was crawling. I mean, it was usually he, he waits until just before sunrise and it was still pretty good bit before sunrise and he's squawking up a storm. And so I'm out there <laughs> in my robe and my slippers with my gun <laughs> and I've got a flashlight and I'm like I gotta guard the farm because by then my husband it was I don't know 4 45 or 5 o'clock this morning and my husband had already left and gone to work for the day and so I felt like you know ma kettle where I'm trying to protect the farm and these predators are out there so I went back to bed and then my alarm went off and I was not ready to get up at all so I did, but it didn't feel great. And then, you know, going to bed later, it just feels weird where you're just not ready to go to bed and then you're just not ready to get up. So this spring forward thing has been just absolutely kicking my tail today. But um, I got up, got, got around, finally got myself together and went to work. And when I got to work, we had a line all the way out the door at the restaurant. And there was two buses in the parking lot and another one pulling in right then. 
and uh, it's just spring break is in full effect. So Texas is on spring break right now, and it feels like the whole entire state comes here to go skiing, snowboarding, enjoy the mountains. And uh, we've got a restaurant that's just off the interstate, like a quarter of a mile, and we're the third largest city in the state of Colorado, but people coming up from Texas, we're the first, like, civilization that they've hit for hours and uh so it was just really busy so i get in there's a line out the door somebody was going to take a delivery two or three people called out sick we've got just all these different moving pieces and we're trying to get you know everything put together so i run back to the office drop my purse head back up front and i'm like what do you need and they're like just filling gaps so i was bouncing around just doing a little bit of everything and i went to um take an order. This man comes up to me and I'm looking down at the ordering system and I'm putting in his name and information and everything. And, uh, I looked up and he stopped talking. He goes, Whoa, your eyes are beautiful. And I started laughing. I was like, thank you. I really appreciate that. And it was kind of like, I didn't know whether to just be like, wow, thank you. That was a really nice compliment or veer off into, okay, that was a little bit too much. Like we're kind of getting into creepy zone right now. So it's kind of like very fine line between the two. And I wasn't really settled on, on which one it actually was, but finished the order. And then he left. Um, and then I realized the reason it made me feel good was because just, I've been sick and I don't feel good and I'm not motivated to do anything. And I'm tired and my brain is foggy and, and just, there's a lot. And so I've actually, mornings is when I typically tend to feel the worst and I kind of have to go slow into the day, which is not my, my style at all. But because of that, I've been spending extra time getting ready, partly because it just takes me longer to get going and being able to function. But since I have to take the time, I've been spending time like curling my hair and putting on my makeup and putting together outfits and not just like just throwing on the first thing I see in my closet and then darting out the door. And uh, it helps me feel human. It helps me feel like I'm somewhat put together and my life is still on track and that it's not just crazy in this waiting game of, you know, the doctors trying to figure out what is going on. And uh, so I, the part that felt really good was I was like, okay, that felt good because I spent a lot of time trying to be human today. Anyway, so that made me laugh. Uh, but there's always, always something going on. And so, you know, got through work and everything. And I've kind of started feeling better in the evenings, which is funny because I'm not naturally a night owl. I prefer like my sweet spot is, you know, going to bed at 11 and getting up at like seven in the morning. And I discovered that during COVID when we were all housebound there for a while. And so um, I've been feeling I can't, I'm, it's been taking me time to get around in the morning, but then by the time I get tonight, I tend to tend to start feeling a little bit better. So it's actually like, I don't even know, 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night right now. And I was sitting in my chair reading a book and I was like, you know what? I am going to record a podcast right now. So my whole, my whole rhythm and the, the reason all this matters is because my entire rhythm has been completely thrown into a people because I um, love order. I love lists. I love agendas. I love schedules. I love calendars. Um, I love go, you know, an ordered life that's set by the calendar and by the clock. Uh, and in this season, I have not had any of that at all. It's been all over the place because some days I wake up and my mornings are fantastic. And then by the afternoon, I've got nothing left. Um, and so there's not like, 
I think I'm falling into a little bit of a pattern finally, but I'm trying to figure out what that is. And so, um, I've just been over the last week, very thoughtful because of this huge upheaval in my life rhythms. And it feels like I'm trying to find my footing again. And I know that this may not be your exact scenario of illness or chronic sickness or trying to figure out something that's wrong with you, but maybe you've gone through a breakup in a relationship, or maybe you've moved on to a new job, or maybe you became an empty nester or had a baby or you're fostering. Um, Maybe you're pursuing a career or going back to school or trying to juggle school and work and all these different things. And you know, life thing, we kind of, we are created for order because we're created by a God of order. And so we tend to create our own rhythms. We tend to fall into patterns and then we like to keep those patterns unless there's um, either an internal or an external shakeup that causes us to change those rhythms. So I don't know what you have going on in your life and it may not be exactly what I have going on in my life, but I've recognized that I've had this huge upheaval in my life rhythms that have made just day-to-day functioning more challenging than they were before because before I didn't have to think about it you know I would just go go through the routine and it was set and I could sit and make a plan for the week and then I could execute the plan for the week because I was a strong confident put together professional woman and that was just my jam (laughs) and uh so I don't know what part of your life has been upheaved or what life's rhythms have been thrown out of whack for whatever reason or whatever thing you have going on. Maybe it's not right now. And you're like, man, I'm just cruising. You know, life is good. I'm in some really healthy rhythms. I'm really excited about it. And if you are more power to you, that's awesome. I'm climbing my way back out that direction. So hopefully I'll get to join you soon. But there was also a part of me that didn't want to record this episode in the way that I'm going to, because I tend to feel, um, I felt a lot of guilt throughout this last several months, just because I cannot carry the weight that I used to. Like, I just can't work as long. I can't work as many days. Um, I can't do as many different things. So my time has become more, I have to be very intentional with it. And so figuring out what needs to be done, what has to be done, what I want to do. And then in those times when I can't do anything, right, I I don't have the physical capacity to keep going. My brain doesn't stop. My brain hasn't slowed down. My brain isn't broke. It's just my body that's not cooperating. And, And so sometimes I sit and instead of resting and enjoying the rest and soaking in the time that I have in this season that's different, I chafe at it and I get, um, I get to feeling guilty because I'm not a human doing, I'm just a human being. And, uh, so it's going to be a pretty vulnerable podcast because I feel bad even talking about being sick because it makes me feel weak and dysfunctional. And like, somehow it's my fault that if I had you know taken care of my health better or rested more or, um, just not gotten so sick. Maybe this wouldn't have happened. And I know like my, my head tells me how those, how those things don't make sense. But my, my heart, my feelings, my emotions sometimes tell me something different. And I know we all have those feelings, whether it's, we feel inadequate or we feel incapable or we feel, um, 
not as good as or that something is too, too much. We can feel overwhelmed. And I have felt all of those things. I feel guilty sometimes. I feel lazy sometimes, even though um, I'm, I'm not. I just feel that way. And sometimes I feel frustrated or, or overwhelmed just in this huge change that has gone on personally and trying to keep up with all of the things in, in life and do all the things that I dream of doing. And so, um, you know, it's just life sometimes when you're going through and you've got a really good rhythm and, you know, out of nowhere, life can happen. It's going to upheave all of your rhythms, all of your known variables, all of your consistencies. And it might just catapult you into the absolute unknown. I'm in unknown territory. I'm, I'm in a space I've never had to be in before where, um, my time is more limited, which means I have to be more intentional to make it as impactful and productive and yet not go too much at the same time as I've ever had to. So my communication is changing and the way I'm showing up for people is changing. And it's, um, I'm starting to value how precious time is in a, way that I never have before. I mean, I've always appreciated it, but this um, brings a deeper nuance to it where I'm taking every opportunity when I feel good to tell people how much they mean to me or to thank them for their work or for showing up or the things they do to go above and beyond. Um, because I don't know when I get to articulate that again or sit next to them or be, be in life together. You know, I don't get to, I haven't been to church nearly as much because I can't, I just don't have the capacity and, and, you know, we've got a bunch of tests out. We've got doctor's visits coming. We we're trying to get a referral to Mayo Clinic and some other places. So I'm trying to do, like, all these different things. But time just takes time. Testing takes time and results and, um, you know, doctor's appointments and the whole thing. So in the meantime, it's like, okay, well, how do I figure out how to create a rhythm or fall into a rhythm when this whole thing is very arrhythmic where it's just like there should be a symphony. You just There's, like, massive clanging. It's like you know, there's this whole symphony and they're playing this incredible song. You know, you're the director and things are going well. And then all of a sudden it turns midnight and you turn into a pumpkin or like an elephant. So you're an elephant trying to lead this whole symphony and it's just not working. And uh, it's brought a lot of really uncomfortable feelings and experiences um, to the surface because I've never been helpless before in this way. And so it's been definitely challenging when people ask me very often what I've kind of tend to say is my body's not doing so good but my spirits are great and that really kind of sums it up is in this season physically without these rhythms and with not feeling good and all that it's been extremely challenging and yet God has been so good and he's given me such a measure of I mean, I mean, there's moments, right? There's moments where I have a meltdown and I don't feel good and I have a pity party or I feel bad for myself or I get frustrated or I feel guilty or I feel lazy or, you know, I'm processing all of these things, but I recognize that those are feelings and may or may not be true. So they have to be weighed and, and tested according to the word of God. And, and I have to go through that process. But overall, like the overarching theme is joy. It's... um life is really good. And I'm so thankful for so many things. I mean, I'm surrounded by incredible people, just 
amazing people that do amazing work, um, you know, in the business, in the, in the community and, and her helping and serving other people. And it, one of the really cool things is I used to be the doer, right? Like I was the one sleeves rolled up, you know, scrubbing, helping, moving, doing everything. And now that I'm in a different, different space, I have a lot more time to just observe and sit and watch and listen. And it's brought, um, a different nuance to my life, a richness in my prayer life and in quiet time. And even in time made to think all of the big thoughts that I dream about thinking and processing and even writing. So one day, one of my dreams is to write books. I would love to be an author. And I have ever since I ever since I was a, a child, when, when I was really young, and I've got, you know, partially started manuscripts all over in notebooks and on laptops and on flash drives in the cloud and email addresses. Just it's, it's been a lifelong passion. So I, I realized that I'm not good at it yet, but if I want to get good at it, then I have to practice it. And something that I can do is I can practice writing because I'm sitting, I'm resting, I'm, I'm not, you know, on the move all the time. And so I've had the opportunity to sit back and practice writing. And that's been refreshing. Like that's been so much fun to reconnect with some of those dreams that kind of just got shuffled under in the busyness of life. And so this season has been a really hard one, but a beautiful one. And um, I'm learning so many things from a different perspective than I've ever seen them before. So it's, it's simultaneously really good. I mean, my husband is amazing and we're in, uh, you know, marriage doesn't always just flow. You, it has to be maintained. It has to be taken care of. That's just like if you have a vehicle, you can't just buy it and then drive off the lot and you drive it forever. You some, you have to get an alignment. You got to get your oil changed and you have to change your tires and you have to put gas in it. You have to wash it. You have to take care of it. And a relationship is much the same way. And sometimes the engine light comes on and you're like, oh man, I don't even know what's going on. And you can kind of dig in and you're like, okay, one of these belts is starting to go. We need to change this belt. And so marriage is much the same way where you have to t attend to it and you have to pay attention. You have to get, make sure that it gets taken in and checked out. And sometimes, even if you're doing everything right, a check engine light will come on and you've got to dig into figuring out, okay, where's the breakdown? What do we need to refresh on? What do we need to replace, you know, to be able to make sure that things are running smoothly. And I've been so grateful because in this season, the engine light hasn't been on. I haven't had it. We haven't had a flat tire. Um, we haven't run out of gas on the side of the road. No nonsense, you know, um, like together we've been just growing and praying and, and enjoying life a lot. And so I'm, that's been so, such a great thing because, you know, seasons and, and marriage isn't always like that. There's going to be times when we hit challenges and, um, we bring such different lives and backgrounds and baggage into marriage and relationships. And sometimes unpacking that takes a lot of time, years. I mean, we're starting to dig into some things in our marriage that we've never unpacked some of these bags that we've brought till now. And um, it's been really healthy. It's been in a respectful, um, just transparent, vulnerable, sweet kind of way. And we've just been on the same page with where we're headed and what we're capable of and the big dreams that we have and, and how to get from here to there, even with the challenges that are being thrown our way. 
the business is thriving. It's like, I'm not there and it's doing better than it's ever done. <laughs> That's um, just the, to the credit of my incredible team and leadership that have such a heart to serve and to take care of uh, the team members, take care of the community, to serve people day in and day out. Um, and that's just been neat where my role has changed. I'm not, um, I, my only job is to lead, is to lead us into this future that maybe only I can see, but I'm helping them build the path to be able to build it. And they're going to be able to turn around and be like, wow, you were right. There's this incredible thing that was just waiting to be built. And, uh, I just, I get to be the visionary. I get to be the one that's setting the goals and dreaming the dreams and making the dreams come to life. Um, I have a wonderful team that just shows up and serves and learns and grows and levels up. And uh, they're just incredible, right? And speaking of dreaming big dreams and bringing those big dreams to life, a few weeks back, I was sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm so frustrated because we have a lot of things that we have to celebrate in my life because I have, I'm the oldest of seven kids. We have a massive family. I have a team of almost a hundred people. We're part of a, a healthy church, a lot of different community organizations and different nonprofits and soup kitchen and food bank and all these different, you know, stuff at the university. And some, like, I want to be a part of all of it. I want to be a part of all of the baby showers and wedding showers and weddings and engagements and birthdays and anniversaries and uh, scholarships and uh, new businesses launched and, um, you know, dreams brought to life. But I tend to be really good about it in short spurts of time. So I'll be there and I'll write, you know, like all the thank you notes and all the birthday cards and I'll give them all out to everybody and I'll have the gifts and they'll be wrapped and it'll be super organized and put together. And then bam, you know, I get sick or the sewer line at work completely collapses or, you know, um, a coyote comes and I'm not getting any sleep because we're trying to guard the homestead and, and these life things happen. And then I fall off and I'm not nearly as good about recognizing those really special moments in life. And then I feel really guilty. I feel bad. And I was trying to figure out like, okay, I need, how do I, how do I make a system for this that doesn't feel forced artificial, right? Like we get our birthday and then we get, you know, all these emails or, or apps, gifts, or all these things from different companies are like, Hey, it's your birthday. Here's 10% off, or here's a free Starbucks, or here's the thing. But it, I mean, it's nice and we take advantage of it and it's enjoyable. But if you ask, does this, demonstrate that this company cares. Not, not really, not really, because you can't automate care. Care can't be automated like that. And so I was like, well, how can I be part of all of these incredible moments in my friends and my families and my team's lives, even though I can't, I, I, like, I don't have the capacity to be or do or, or meet all of those things. So I was sitting in my favorite chair by my fireplace, which my husband found at a garage sale for like $10. And my husband was an only child from an upper middle class family. So like, and I was the oldest of seven kids in a middle class family. And so those, that, that experience of growing up and, and all the things have, were wildly different. And he never really went to like the thrift store or garage sales or different things like that. Whereas that, like, that's where we lived. I mean, I didn't get my first brand new dress that I got to pick out at the store until I was 10 years old. My uncle was getting married in California. We we're going to take this big family trip and we got invited to be in the wedding. My sisters and brother and uh, 
I just had one brother at the time, sisters and brother and and I had been invited to be in the wedding. And so my dad took me to the mall and he took me, I don't remember, into like a Macy's or a Penny's or Kohl's. And he says, you can pick out any dress you like. And I felt like, I felt like a queen. I felt like absolute royalty. And I picked a black um, and blue satin dress with this um, sheer overlay with silver sparkles stitched into this really beautiful material. Um, I'll never forget it as long as I live, but we were raised wildly different. And so I have introduced him to thrift stores and garage sailing, and he's introduced me to malls and, and like nice restaurants, which has been fantastic. Like it's a great melding of worlds, but I, we first moved here and my husband was going to a garage sale and he found a chair and he got it for like $10. And he was so excited because he's like, this is the best deal ever. This is a whole new world. What a deal. This is amazing. And it turns out it is the most comfortable chair in the entire planet that's ever existed. So it became mine very quickly. And I've got my nightstick, like, well, I've got like a little coffee table set up with a lamp and a notebook and pens. And that's where I keep um, my whole setup of sticky notes for writing thoughts down and um, my planner, Bible, prayer journal, all those different kinds of things. And on the other side is the fireplace. And I just snuggle in there and it's just like complete, you know. Um, and so that was my first, my husband's first like foray into thrifting. So my, that's my favorite chair for a bunch of different reasons. But I was sitting in my chair and I was thinking, how can I be part of all of these life events in, in a way that isn't automated, like it isn't forced, it isn't unnatural, it just flows. Like it's I get to be a part of all of these, these celebrations, all of these moments. And I thought to myself, I can't do that. But what if I hired somebody who could? And then I thought to myself, well, why can't I? If I could do anything in the world and I didn't have any constraints and I understood that I can't be everywhere and I can't celebrate every moment and I can't keep up with everything, I need a whole person to help me do that. So I was sitting there and I was like, well, why couldn't I have a person to do that? And then I thought of all of the things, like what would they do? What would their role be? What would their job be? What would the requirements, expectations be? And uh, so I came up, I've never heard of this before, but I came up with this idea of hiring a fun manager, aka fairy godmother. And so there's uh, a f one of my, the one of my directors, he's been working with us for five years. He's been with the company for, I think, seven and he's just grown up in the business, you know, like grown up with us, grown as we've grown with our leadership team and just continue to level up every time the, you know, the pedal meets the road and we're, we're grinding, we're pushing really hard, we're growing, we're, you know, building our team, building the business. And he's just been there every step of the way and just shoulder to shoulder helped build it with us. And I remembered that he said that his mom who had retired was considering maybe getting a job somewhere. And uh, just to stay busy and keep, you know, keep moving and keep busy and keep engaged. And I remembered that uh, he mentioned that kind of offhanded several weeks previously. So I reached out to her and I said, Marie, I have the perfect job for you. Will you please come have coffee and talk to me about it? 
So she sat down at the table and I said, she said, well, what do you need? What job do you need covered? And I said, I need a fun manager. I need a real life fairy godmother to make all the dreams come true. I said, because I've got really big plans and I want to celebrate all of these things and I need help. I need somebody who can keep me on track, help me with all the cards and the gifts and the baskets and the mail, all of it. And so this, this thing was born of having a fun manager. And she's just, we have so much fun at work that we have to have somebody to manage all of it. And we're celebrating our first team birthday, all team birthday with a nacho party on Wednesday. Um, and she's got like the table, decorations, balloons, all the cards, all the gifts, like it's just perfect. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited. So even though this season has completely thrown me up into upheaval and the rhythms are way off and it's very discordant sometimes right now. It's uh, forcing me to think things I've never thought before. It's helping It's helping me um, process problems in a different way. And instead of just tackling them head on and just, just through sheer, just mule-like stubbornness, pushing through and making whatever it is a reality, which tends to be my MO, I'm having to really approach things in a different way and from a different perspective, but it's, it's growing the way I think it's expanding the way I process information and look for solutions. And it's pushing me out of my comfort zone, out of my natural rhythms, but it's good. I mean, it's really good. And is it easy? No. If I had to pick it, would I pick it? You know, probably not. Probably not. I'd probably be like, you know what? I'm good. I like the way things are going. I've been doing it this way for a really long time. It seems to be working out for me pretty well. So I'm just going to keep, I'd prefer to keep going that way. But that's just not the path that God has set for us. And so I can either kick against it and, and be stubborn about it and, you know, have a pouty lip and, you know, throw a fit. Or I can lean and embrace it and figure out how to expand, how to grow, how to tackle these problems differently. And so it's been simultaneously really good in spite of these limitations and these challenges. And, and really, we're not meant to feel guilty for living our life. Because God wrote a special and unique script for every single one of us. And it's going to look different. And it's going to look different at different times and in different seasons. And in this time when mine's been so, so different than it was before. And I'm forced to really slow down and take life at a much different pace than I ever have. It, than it even occurred to me was possible, <laughs> actually. Then... I've found myself being guilty for people who can't or don't or aren't in their lives taking it at a, a the same pace. And I know that that's a silly guilt. I know that that's ridiculous. And, and I'm sharing it because we all have feelings when we're going through tough things where our mind and our heart and our emotions are telling us things that are simply not accurate or not true or not grounded in um, reality or the truth of the word of God. And really, one of the lessons that I've also been learning is to stay in my lane. My job isn't to worry about the pace of everybody else's life. That's their responsibility, and they're stewarding it because God gave it to them, and they answer to him for that. And, and so my job is to stay in my lane and to embrace the season that God's put me in, learn the lessons, um, enjoy the blessings of the season and embrace them wholeheartedly, which is a lot easier said than done because I've been trying and some days I do it better than others. 
and I'm learning. I'm learning that this is the script that God's written for me and that I can rejoice in that even if it is different. And I don't need to feel guilty about what that script is, whether it's whatever, whatever it is in your life that you tend to um, self-sabotage or slow yourself down or not allow yourself to step into learning new things or becoming a new person or living to the fullest extent that you can because of other people around you. And so many people fall into that trap where they self-limit because they're surrounded by people who limit themselves. And it creates this cycle of being stuck. Whereas if you can break through that ceiling that you created for yourself and force yourself to think about how you're thinking and learn new things and force yourself to approach problems in a way that's not your natural bent, that takes a lot of attention and practice and it's not comfortable, but what it does is it allows you to expand and allows you to grow to become the person, the best person that you possibly can be. And so that's going to look different for different people because we have different scripts. We have different stories that we're meant to live. God, if we went to the library and every single book had the same exact story, different title, different cover, and then you opened it up and every single book was exactly the same, that would be lame. That would be a bad library. And I don't, it wouldn't last for very long, right? We do that though, where we follow everybody else's script. Like we've got a different name and we've got a different cover. We've got a different body, but we're going to try to live just like this, this person lives. We're going to try to copycat that person's ministry. We're going to try to follow this person's life path. And it just doesn't work because we are meant to be, and we can learn from other people and we can take input. We can take wisdom and we can grow together, but we're not meant to live the same way somebody else lives. We're not meant to follow the same path or the same story or the same rhythms. So instead of being frustrated that or guilty, stay in your lane and, and learn to rejoice in the path and in the journey that's been written, especially just for you, because it's never going to, there's never going to be another one. This is it. So embrace the adventure. Embrace the challenges. Figure out how to overcome them. Figure out how to tackle things differently, even if it means those life rhythms are wildly different than they were before, because different doesn't mean good. And our lives shouldn't look just like each other's. Different does not equal right or wrong or good or bad. Sometimes we like to quantify like, okay, my life is good because I'm doing it this way or I'm do my life is successful because I'm doing it the right way. And there, there are basic foundational principles for success that will allow you to achieve great things. And, and that's been proven by people across the globe over a lot of time, but different doesn't equal bad and different doesn't equal wrong. So there's different, different ways to get to where we want to go and who we want to become, but we really have to stay in our lane and embrace the, the life that God has given us because we are going to have challenges. We are going to have uh, battles to face and fights to overcome. We're going to have heartbreak and uh, blessings and overcoming and sweetness and in different ways and different times, because that's the story that's been written for each one of us. And, and we don't have to be guilty or feel bad about leaving people behind or outgrowing people 
or even having to step away and get really, really intentional with your time. Whatever those things look like, just because it's different doesn't equal bad. And God's called us to live fully in the adventure that he's written for us, not trying to live in somebody else's adventure or try to force ours to be theirs or theirs to be ours. We're supposed to embrace the path that God's put us on and figure out how to move forward in it and take it in stride whether it is on the mountaintop or it is in the valley and everything in between. One other thought that's occurred to me is the rule of one. And it's this idea that you can always make one thing work. So there've been a lot of days where it feels like it's not working. I'm not able to get as much work done. I'm not able to get as much house done. I'm not as able to get as much peopling done not as able to get as much laundry done or whatever it is that we've got on our to-do lists. That's just, you know, endless. I think infinite, definitely infinite because I'm never going to run out of things to do in my entire life and, and neither are you. And so I've had a lot of time to process and think and, and readjust and, and think differently. And you can always make one thing work. So even if life is going wildly wrong and it feels like nothing's working and you're having to claw up this hill and fight upstream and all this is going on, you can always make one thing work. And then the next day, make it a different thing. Make it a different thing and keep building on that. So when you get kind of knocked back down to square one and you're trying to figure out like, okay, how do I get going? How do I rebuild these rhythms? How do I reset? How do I grow? How do I tackle this differently? You can always make one thing work. And that kind of has been the mantra that's gotten me through some of my days where, um, okay, I wasn't able to get around as early as I wanted to today. So I'm behind. What can I make work? I'm going to make sure I eat. I'm going to make sure I drink 60 ounces of water. I'm going to make sure I... Um, you know, get an hour's worth of this one thing done. And I've been tackling like these big daunting tasks, one hour. If I can just give it one hour of my best effort and I don't get anything else done, then this thing will have really helped move the needle and, and help me stay on track and be on track. And maybe your capacity is for a lot more than just one. But if it's not, it's still a principle that if you can get the one thing, you can always get one thing to work. So tackle the one thing and then rest, take the moment, take what you need, take a nap, step out, step away. And then when you've done doing that, figure out what's that one next thing that I can make work. Like there may be a lot of things that aren't working, but I can make something work. So for example, we just went through the spring forward time change that's killing me that I talked about in the beginning. And so the dogs are thrown off because typically I take them out about the same time every morning and out every night to, to run around and exercise and pee and poop and all that. So my dog was barking and it was early. It was way too early, but he's thrown a fit. So I was like, you know what? Instead of taking him out later tonight, I'm going to take him out earlier this afternoon and then again later tonight. And I'm going to take a whole walk. We have, um, we have 15 acres and I like to walk most of it in the morning and then in the evening. So I went and I walked around all of it, spent some extra time out there. It was really beautiful. It was a really nice day. It was a little bit warmer and I've got spring fever. So I got 
the dog walked again and I got a walk. I didn't feel that great, but the walk and being outside and breathing in the fresh air and watching the clouds, I mean, it just made me feel really good. So it felt like a good thing. So you can always do one thing. And then I came in and I rested for a while. I took a really, really insanely like lava hot bath with some Epsom salt and uh, read some more of my book. That was great. I felt recharged after that. And I got up. I was like, okay, I can do one thing. And I was like, I need to do a podcast. So here I am. And uh, after this, who knows? Maybe I'm done for the night. But when I wake up, I can figure out what's the one thing. And so instead of trying to tackle something in all of its entirety and looking at the overwhelming, all of the pieces of your life and just letting it like roll over you like a wave, if you can tackle one thing and just do that thing that's going to make make you feel good, move the needle forward. Um, there's always going to be one thing, even if nothing else is working, you can always have one. And so in this season of new see, it's a new season with new lessons and new rhythms. I'm learning more about rest and slowing down. I'm learning about rejoicing even in the hard seasons because God is still so good and doing such incredible things. I'm learning to just make one thing work. And I've been able to spend a lot more time meditating and reading the word of God and praying for people because I can't be a, be a doer right now. I feel like I'm just a beer and in being, I've gotten to spend so much time and at the throne of God and at the feet of Jesus praying for people and really seeking God's power uh, to make an impact and have an influence. And so um, my life rhythm right now is very different and I haven't quite found my footing yet, but um, God's been really good in it and I'm so grateful for it. And so hopefully, hopefully that testimony is just an encouragement to you, regardless of what you're facing or what you have going on. Um, that if you can just do the one thing, if you can focus on your adventure and not everybody else's, and just understanding that life can simultaneously be really, really good. That maybe it's an encouragement to you and helps you to keep going or figuring out um, whatever whatever rhythm you got going on in your life right now. So I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. And you have a great evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or by email at gracefulandgritty at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.